1: Hey legends, how you doing? Welcome back to another episode of Fat Chat by Body Magic. The episode today, I'm joined by Boomers Player. He's over in the B League currently, former championship winning player with the Perth Wildcats, Nick Kay. He's been one of my long-term clients and friends for a very long time. He's an absolute legend. It's always such a good chat when I've got him on. He is the absolute epitome of being a professional athlete, all of his preparation, um, and also just the, the mindset around how he prepares for uh, games, for upcoming seasons, improving himself. It's pretty second to none. So I know you're going to love this chat. And as part of this one as well, we've got a little giveaway with Nick. Uh, there's a code word that'll be hidden somewhere in the episodes. So, make sure you listen out to that one. And as always, if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe, follow, uh, or uh, share around the uh, Fat Chat episodes that you've been liking. It really goes a long way into getting great guests like Nick on each and every week. Uh, Let's get into the episode of Fat Chat. Here we go. Welcome back to Fat Chat by Body Magic. Now, the guest I've got today, absolute primo, absolute primo guest. So, someone that I've had on the podcast before. Uh, We do a little bit of training together, and I try to genuinely emulate his hard work, his dedication. Uh, and uh, and just everything of how he goes about his business and just life in general. I absolutely love him. He's sitting next to me right here. He's a championship-winning player for the Perth Wildcats. He was part of the first bronze medal, first medal to be won by any Boomers team uh, last year at uh, or two years ago at the Tokyo Olympics. Absolutely massive. He's been playing professionally all around the world in Spain, New Zealand, Japan. The list goes on. He's about to head over to Cairns and be part of the Boomers uh, training camp ahead of the World Cup. Please welcome... Nick Kay,
0: appreciate you having us here, and it's always good having a chat with you. Um, I mean, a bit of hype to start off the day, so get yeah. the uh, confidence feeling good. But um, no, it's always good having a chat with you, and glad to be back. So good, mate. Well, uh, we've obviously been training
1: together for the last like month or so now since yep. you've been back. It's been good in the gym. We always uh, link up for the off seasons whenever you're you back. we competitive with each other. Who Big can time. Be,
0: who Big can time. Or some more weight around, so. exactly
1: right. Well, it's always whenever you come back because, like, you don't do that much gym work during the year. You do a little bit when you're playing, just but not enough too to maintain. Much. Exactly, but then when you first come back. I can always beat you for the first two weeks, which is the fucking best. And then after that, you, I can't catch you. There's no
0: way. Talk about that competitiveness. Those first couple of weeks really get the juices going when I'm getting whooped on everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can um, tell you hate that. Yeah, I definitely throw uh, throw some extra sessions in when you're not there and try and catch up as quick as I can because I just love those workouts with... Yeah, and always feel like we're getting better in that off-season. Big so.
1: time, big time. We're just throwing weight around. It's that much fun. But uh, we've done a pod together about this time last year when you were in yep. town, uh, and we spoke about all of your career stuff uh, growing up in Tamworth um, and just all the different teams that you played for. Just r- just run us through really quick some of the places that you played because you played all around the world. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, from the States with college to Townsville, uh, Illawarra, Perth, uh, Invercargill, Wellington, uh, Seville, Spain. Now, it's crazy. Shimane, um, Japan. So, a lot of different places, and that's just places I've played in the professional career, not including like um, the Boomers, different windows in all the different countries and stuff too. Then you start touching like Chinese Taipei and all this, and I've been very fortunate. Get um, travel the world, see a lot of places I wouldn't have seen otherwise. It's amazing. And, yeah, love it. So good.
1: And. You're, this is what your third year in Japan now is this the longest you've been
0: somewhere for a little while it actually is yeah. uh, talking about that when you signed this deal was normally only been at a place for a couple of years at a time and you're always trying to push to get to that next spot but we've really found a great place over there and we're trying to make the most of it and uh, both him and I are really happy there. So it's yeah. amazing
1: that basketball just takes you to all these different countries and places. Like because like football, there's one league. It's here. That's all you can you can go to another city, but everything's pretty much the same. But basketball, you just you can go all over the world. All the leagues are so different to play yeah. in. Um, it's it's absolutely crazy. So I've had some questions uh, that have been sent in. Uh, who's the hardest player that you've had to play play on in the B League?
0: In the B-League, So the B-League, for anybody
1: just quickly that doesn't know, that's the Japanese professional league that you're playing in, yep.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the toughest guys to go up against, I'd say, Hawkinson from over there. Yeah. Um, Who does he play for? He plays for Shinshu, but he's moving to our Shibuya this year. One of the reasons, because we don't do a whole lot of showing and stuff and ball screens over there. So put us in a coverage where you got to kind of help on the um, the dribbler coming off a ball screen and his, his ability to pick and pop, um, force switches and then take advantage of the switches and stuff. Um, makes it really tough to guard, and great shooter as well. So, yeah, um, probably six nine, six ten. He's actually going to play for the Japanese national team at the uh, World Cup, so Huge. everyone will probably get to see him play there, and, I mean, it'll be a fun fun challenge. There's been lots of guys
1: that have been naturalised uh, to Japan that that means that they've come on over as an import, and then they've been given citizenship, so then they no longer count as an import spot. So, some teams have, like, four or five guys that are
0: international. Yeah. It's, it's
1: pretty goodness. crazy, huh?
0: It is. It's... Uh, Every team's fighting for one of those one or two uh, naturalized guys to kind of let them take their team to the next level. You have a guy like that. We're fortunate we got a guy Nika Williams, who's uh, was a big part of our team this year. Great and fella, great yeah. fella, yeah. Um, good energy, plays hard. Unfortunately, got injured towards the end of the season, but we got him back again next year. So um, it kind of just allows you to um, mix up where you've got the imports. And it's essentially having another import out on the court as well, and. Um, it's definitely a huge advantage to have. They didn't do that for Bryce Cotton here. Seriously, in <laughs> Wales, anyway, how long has been now? Have they done that? Man, he's fun. Uh, oh, citizenship already. Seriously, uh,
1: this is another really good question. A little bit more of a deep one. I quite like it. How do you deal with stress when you're working in another country and you're away from home? Because that's really what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you know, yeah. you as much, as cool as your basketball careers. It's work. How do you deal with that? Well, like when stuff starts to, you know, go wrong, or you find yourself a bit out of form, or um, everything else that just goes into, you know having such a big move and and moving somewhere else
0: yeah um i probably didn't really feel like a job until you start having family around Mm -hmm. until you're traveling overseas with my wife and suddenly it's not just your your life on the line it's you got someone else you got to provide for as well so um big part of it is having a good sport base uh being able to talk to her whether it's a good day bad day and then also talking to your other family and friends um making sure you're feeling confident you're feeling good if you do have an issue you're talking to someone about it and um just in trying to enjoy it try to find something positive out of every day to kind of make it a little bit easier and send those little goals to get you through when t- times are
1: tough definitely yeah and em is the most amazing supportive partner follows you around everywhere she's been involved with um some of the boomers stuff as well where she was the what, what was she? a massage therapist she was she had a role yeah, with the she, boomers
0: she helped out with the wildcats with that stuff but then uh we ha- she helped us. She actually came over with the boomers and was essentially a nutritionist for the group, so we could help her get into the country. And so good. Uh, I mean, it was, it was so holes. good. The <laughs> loophole you can get through, but we need like to have her come over and do that stuff and then be able to stay in Japan. That made last year or two years ago way easier, and uh, it was good for her to be actually able to be there and live there and see what life is like in Japan together. Definitely. And uh, I've got one more
1: question, then we'll go into a little bit more of uh, you know other basketball stuff. So. It was sent in quite a bit, actually, in different variations. Do you see yourself coming back to the NBL before you retire? Absolutely. Oh, Um, good, good, good. I mean,
0: hopefully another couple of years overseas, but would love to finish the career over here, um, and especially in a place like Perth. we got a house here now, um, Em's family's from here, and... Kind of established the person going to be home base when you basketball's got me done. Here, so, yeah, exactly. You what, am doing, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do without you in the off season? Yeah. So um, yeah, I would love to come back and uh, play in the NBL for sure.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about Japan and like the last twelve months and what that's looked like for you and your team. You had a pretty successful year. Um, run us through the year. How did it
0: all kind of pan out? Yeah, I mean, we got over there and it didn't exactly start the most successfully. We uh, came up against a team that ended up getting relegated and took a big like twenty point loss to start wow. the season. It was, Who was probably that? Uh, Niigata. It was probably a nice way of putting it. Kicking the nuts to start the season really whooped us into gear. So after that, we kind of got rolling, um, realized how we had to play and that we weren't able just to roll into games. Had to prepare the right way, be ready to go and play hard and had a pretty good year overall. We ended up, I think, third overall. Mm -hmm. Um, It was only the last couple of games of the season that kind of let us down from even winning our conference. But uh, just kind of fell short right at the end of the season. Um, Wasn't playing our best basketball and obviously – injury to our naturalized guy didn't help that either yeah of course and how do you actually like living in japan how have you adjusted it's cool um, it's a pretty sick place it is we're in a pretty small place in compared to some of the other places but i mean the community is so helpful we get packed stadiums every week um all amazing. cheering. and you go to the shops and people are wanting photos and supporting and it just shows that especially from the first day i got there to where it's at now how much it's grown throughout the community and yeah um you, you love that. You love seeing the kids and stuff, enjoy it, and that kind of makes you want to go back and keep building that program and hopefully winning a title there. Yeah,
1: you've been far too humble with that because I came on over to in December to uh, visit you guys and watch some games. I came to four games. There was two away ones uh, and uh, two home ones that uh, that I came to. And this man, when he's walking around town, he sucks the air. The, the air gets sucked out of the building when he walks in. doesn't matter if you're in a restaurant or the shops or walking down the street. It's, Nicky, oh,
0: like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> they love to, him. They uh,
1: absolutely love saying him. Saying
0: that though, you probably signed as many autographs when you were over there as I did. It
1: was my first time I've ever signed an autograph was in Japan and that's because I was your trainer. So that was pretty good. I was wearing <laughs> I, I was wearing you. the boomer shirt that I've got on right now. Uh, we're sitting uh, front row, uh, me and M courtside for one of the games and I'm like, you know, you probably, you weren't looking at what I was doing but I was, I was high-fiving everybody having a great time and like, it's so funny. And it, it's like this for, for all the stadiums, right? Yeah, absolutely. Where um, you're not really allowed, it's very like uniformed yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, excitement. So if you're sitting in the stands in Japan, you're allowed to clap. And do a couple of... Every team's got a bit of a different clapping sequence. Yep. So, it's like, go, go, magic. <laughs> do, <laughs> go, go, magic. Or whatever the team is. But that's all you're allowed to do. And it's all very, like, structured. But then there's me that, uh, you know, is there jumping out of my seat. When, crowding, when there's and a yelling. fouling goal. you are hitting a three and I'm there high and everyone. I'm, you know, um, the, the, the only um, Australian, other Australian guy in the building and a bright yellow singlet and carrying on and a little bit... Standing told, um, out a little bit. Yeah, standing out a little bit on the court side. Uh, and um, we got... this is just before the end of the game, it was really close that last yeah. game that I came and watched. I think you won by two points. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it was a really exciting game and I was going nuts. Never sat courtside before. It was all it was all great. Uh, and um, I get this little tap on the shoulder by the little, uh, I don't know, court don't security, know what guy. security guy. I don't know what he was. He touched me on the shoulder and he's like, uh, excuse me, sir. And I was like, oh shit, like, what's up? And he goes, oh, no high-fiving. And I went, what? Huh? He goes, no high-five. And I was like, what do you... Anyway, it's towards the end of the game. So I was like, okay, whatever. And sort of left it at that. And M's next to me. She's dying. Got a little she, giggle going on. Like. <laughs> yeah, she's dying. She's going, oh my God, she's so embarrassed I'm carrying on and everything. Anyway, uh, and then... Um, it, super exciting end of the game you win by two points uh, and then we're hanging around for everybody to clear out the stadium which is so uniform as yeah, well everybody is
0: everyone walks out the same way same yeah, time yeah
1: yeah yeah and um, we're waiting for you to come out so there's no one left in the stadium the only other person that's walking down the side of the court is the guy that's holding me off the security oh. guy and it was such an exciting game and I was like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna get him up. I'm gonna get him good here so we're walking past and I was like mate great game Gone for a high five <laughs> and he's like oh great game high five me and I got ah got you and he died He was like sorry sorry he's running around with his hand like this like it's like it's so uh, got a disease on it he's on the hand sanitizer
0: but just such a different place so. it is it is but like they're just they're such great fans like mm. i was telling you earlier like if you have your worst game of your career and they're still there supporting you cheering you on and wanting to do better and i mean that's part of that motivation to get better every day is because They're so supportive of you and no matter what you do, they they want you to be successful and you want to be successful for them.
1: It is so different because like uh, diving a bit deeper into that, you know, you say that, oh yeah, the fans are great wherever you play, but the Japanese fans... Are the most positive fans there's not a single bad comment you have a if, if you had a stinker game they're like you did us proud you you know did the team honor tonight and yeah. all it's like really deep and
0: lovely stuff yeah. oh you, you'll do it you'll have it next week it's okay like uh, we will fight again and it's just like no like you can have a go at me like oh I didn't play well It's yeah, fine, but yeah. no nah, they're just so supportive and you got to love it because of that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. it's just such a crazy different uh, comparison when you're looking at sport here. You have a game and everybody's on Facebook going, yep. you idiot, sack him, get him off the court. <laughs> Mr. And, then...
0: and yeah, you're sacked next week. Um, they love you again, but that's absolutely just crazy. Yeah, it's part of sport and it's just a little bit different over there. And then in terms
1: of the actual like how the game is played, what's the difference between the B League and the NBL?
0: I think personally, my biggest things you're always you matched up on someone so talented every week. Yeah. Um, and there's obviously a very import focus in regards to scoring in the B League. So you come up against guys like Vic Law, John Mooney. It's so all very much um, the same imports that have been there. Yeah, there's yeah. been a lot of successful MBL imports that have gone over to the B League and been very successful. But there's uh, more pressure on you. Be effective scoring and score more points. So you come up against these guys and you know you're in for a big game. You've got to get down in stance, you've got to play some defense and get some stops. And that's probably the biggest thing. There's more pressure on you individually to um, perform defensively and offensively uh, night in, night out. While I guess in Oz and stuff, uh, it's probably a bit more team focused on a lot of those areas. But um, over there, a bit more uh, individual.
1: What is there? Do you reckon the quality is better in either or or pretty similar? Yeah it's, similar I mean, pretty similar. yeah, it's
0: very very similar, obviously, same type of players and stuff. I think probably the depth overall is probably a little bit greater in Oz saying that though, there are some really talented Japanese guys and mm. um yeah, you're probably one through seven, eight are really talented on each team. So yeah. there's no no easy nights and you to turn up every week to play. Is the
1: communication pretty hard? Like coming from a team where everybody obviously speaks English, yeah going over there, it must be difficult to communicate stuff on the court, whether it's plays or feedback with some of the guys.
0: It is. It uh, definitely took some adjusting. Um, probably more so in Spain when I first went over there, um, just for that first time being outside Australia. Mm. But I guess the big thing about Japan is just the way you communicate and stuff different over there. Um, How so? Well, I guess in Oz, you know where it's the... What you're saying, you know where it's coming from in terms of team success. If um so you want to have a go like someone's done something wrong and the way you communicate here you can get up and give them a spray and have a response you're not able to do that necessarily over there yeah uh, it's the way you say things are probably you're more important like
1: teammates like if you're on the court yeah. and you're like they messed something up or, yep. or they weren't in their spot or something and you're giving them oh get here they would yep. sort of take that as a oh my gosh nick's really angry at me and sort of close up or
0: absolutely that's um quite a big thing even at uh training and stuff the same thing can happen you've got to the way you communicate and the way you say something is probably more important than what you're saying at yep. the time um, and you've got to be able to maybe not do it in front of everyone, be able to talk to someone on the side or um, try and give some positive, um, positive talk along with it to really allow guys to flourish over there and again, that took some adjusting. I'm, I'm used to someone giving me a spray if I've done something wrong. Trevor and said, yeah, screaming at I you. know, you got Trevor <laughs> over there yelling at you, telling you what you need to do better or what you need to do different and I've always responded really well to that so um, it's been a little bit different adjusting to that. And I guess from a coach perspective, knowing your players and stuff is a huge thing because you can give one person a spray, but you can't necessarily do it to someone else. And yep. I definitely don't uh, envy a coach's position in that.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's not like you'd be dishing out many sprays anyway. Nah, I can't I, imagine. I try not to. I'm a pretty positive guy out <laughs> yeah, there and yeah. stuff,
0: but um, maybe that's where you've got to give someone a tap on the back and try and help them up get when around someone a has um, kind of said something just to try and get some, uh, some positive... Uh, movement out of that, so. definitely. And then the
1: other communication that would be difficult would be the
0: refs, so because yeah. they're all Japanese
1: refs. Uh, and the games that I saw, some of the American imports were like they—they they wear the Japanese refs wear these big bill-like yeah. masks, so they can—they're still masked up for the game, but they're like sagging down. They look like a a ball sack know, yeah. to be honest on their mouth I'll be perfectly that's, that's what they look that's, that's what you, they look you like. have to pull a picture of that I don't know what's going There's on there bills like this uh, and then some of the American guys are like you know for a call they would be up this close to them abusing them they're swearing fuck you mama, but they obviously don't understand what that means so they get yes. away with literally abusing the ref yes.
0: this close to them <laughs> pretty fortunate a lot of the time yeah. because I mean just the lost in translation thing can happen so much and there's some some cases you really look back and you're like, goodness, well, we like, got lucky with that one or vice versa. How did they get away with that? But those big things are something
1: else. And, so funny, eh? Oh, wow. Well. Have you got any big recruits, new ones for this coming season? Or Yeah,
0: just picked up a guy from the EuroLeague, actually, as yep. our um, as our third import. we got myself, Perrin Buford, and Hassan Martin coming in, who looks like he's going to be really good for us. Mm-hmm. And they've also got a couple other guys from uh, Japan that have switched teams and stuff. So Great. Looking good, but obviously... Early, so we've got a lot of work to do this preseason. Absolutely,
1: yeah. I'm going to come back over in uh, dis- uh, January. It'll be this time. We'll watch a few more games, and fun, um, I mean, yeah, it's going to be good fun. Yeah, looking forward to it. So let's move on to a big part of Fat Chat is talking about performance, everything performance yep. related, and really getting into what you're actually doing week on week, and you know maybe other periods in your career where you've had to change some things up and improve yourself. So I guess like with sport, I find that there's obviously like a few different categories. So there's the skill side of stuff. There's the physical training, there's nutrition, uh, mentality, and then recovery. So let's kind of go through all of those things. Let's start with like skills first. So what does like a week of skills work look like for you when you're in season and then off season as well?
0: Yeah, in season's a little bit different off season. Um, Both start very similarly, Mm. uh, similar in regards to, you always want to work on a bit of ball handling and stuff before training and then your fundamentals. So um, whether it's shot uh, form, you're working on something like the routine you're going to go through when you shoot a shot, one hand, positioning, all that kind of thing. Um, and then you're going to kind of normally start in close to the basket, work your way out a little bit, and you want to get those shots to get the body moving feel good about it. Um, in terms of ball handling, be able to, everything you do on your right hand, do on your left, mm-hmm. um, work on a few moves you want to apply during games. Is there any actual routines that you do for that? Like you're going, cool, I'm doing X
1: amount of reps on them or anything like that? Or? The
0: shooting I do. Um, I normally do form pro probably about five minutes. I go through the same uh, five to 10, same routine every day before training starts. And, um, uh, it's kind of just become, become a habit now for me. Every day you get in there, you want to go through this stuff and then kind of just set you off into this is training today. This is what I've got to do. And it's kind of a mental, um, stepping stone into a good day of training. So literally
1: what are you doing for that? So like for, for yep. that 10 minutes, what do you actually do?
0: So it's only really about 50 to 50 to a hundred makes. Mm-hmm. Um, First one's one-hand form shooting. Then I go back a bit further, go in from a shooting position into one-hand form shooting. Um, And then I go to, I think, um, spin the ball out to the elbows, get some shots, um, pivoting one way, pivoting the other way from both elbows. Then I head to the post and work on a few shots I want to add to the game, square up jab, square up shot, and then some fadeaways both sides and... Um, a lot of it's just getting the body ready and right, but it's also things that when you when you need it in a game, you're able to rely on this thing, these shots that you've been practicing day in, day out and know that you've put the time and effort into these shots. Definitely. So then the shots that you're saying that you've been improving on and working on,
1: what have been the ones that you've seen most improvement with for the last sort of 12 months you've been working on?
0: Yeah, probably just those uh, little baseline fades. Um, it's It's not something I go to a whole lot, but it's something that, especially in Japan, there's a lot of double teams that come and they normally come from baseline sides. So your ability when the defender's playing on the high side of you to catch the ball and turn straight into a shot, create space and get the shot off when a double team's coming. Um, something that I've been working on and hopefully we'll be able to even use a bit more this time. Yeah, definitely. The
1: and you've had the, Are you coming off... This is career high three point percent shooting year, or close to? Yeah, it'd be close to. I'm not sure if... You led career, the team in three point percent
0: Yeah, I think... <laughs> Got the whole B League thankfully this year it was nice so, um,
1: what did you finish on?
0: Uh, just under 45% so yeah, um, I think I don't know if it's the highest percentage I've had but it was definitely the most I've made so I guess just the attempts have gone up as well and the type of shots I'm taking have uh, gone up in difficulty a little bit too where I guess when I was at Perth a lot of them were straight catch and shoot while these a little bit more off the dribble mm-hmm. and a little bit more movement into these shots as well
1: yeah great
0: and do you
1: think that now that you're sort of a bit more, even more so known for your three-point percent shooting and how accurate you are from out there, that that's why you're now working on those other little, you know, shots and, and um, moves off the off the three-point, like the fade and that sort of stuff? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Um, I guess the better you shoot it, the more adjustments teams going to make to how they guard you, which may be switching, it may be showing, all these things. And once the, you need to be able to adjust to the way they're guarding you and – take advantage of that. So if they are going to switch, they're going to put a guard on to you. Where are you going to get your shots? And working on those type of shots for this next season, because the adjustments are going to come and you've got to be ready for that. You can't wait till we're in the game and then be like, oh, now they're going to switch. What am I going to go to? you got to have things already prepared and ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And has there been a
1: time throughout any of the teams that you played for throughout your whole career that you've been given some feedback on a skill in particular that was like, Nick, you need a do this to get to the next
0: level yeah uh, especially when I first came in a lot of it was just the shooting part of it Um, I've always been a guy that's going to work hard and um, like run the floor hard um, dive on loose balls do all those things but I wasn't necessarily the best shooter and especially coming out of college I couldn't really hit too many shots at all so that's been something that I've really spent a lot of time working on and it's not just one coach that's helped but a lot of different coaches that have um, given feedback and tried to Um, helped me in the right direction and um, it's taken some time but it's starting to pay off.
1: Yeah and is there a drill that you do at the end of all your sessions as well? I think I remember you telling me this that you do like a hundred makes before you walk out the gym?
0: Yeah I mean nothing crazy obviously each day varies a little but um, I guess every day of training now it's once training's finished you go get the ball you got a rebounder and you go on 10 or 15 from seven spots and then minimum of 100 makes so you've got to find a way and the shots you're going to use for that week in the game we're going to start working on them um, whether it's step out shots or whether it's trailing into some threes all these things that um, I feel like I'm going to get those shots in the game so some pick and pop stuff and then minimum of 100 shots 100 makes so just feel good you feel confident going in and you've seen the ball go in all week so you know when you get to that game that shots ready and prepared and um I guess it's also that attitude shift towards knowing that next one, if you do miss, the next one is going to go in. So
1: yeah, absolutely. And then when it's coming up to like a game day, how much tape and prep do you put into the team that you're playing or the matchup that you got for that for that game?
0: Yeah, a lot. Um, whether it's individually watching tape, whether it's team ses- uh, team video sessions before trainings, um, individual um, watching what their what their opposition play is going to be doing, um, how they're going to play. The defensive coverages and what their strengths and weaknesses are so a lot of time goes into it Um, thankfully we've had a really good um, assistant coaches this year and they've put a lot of time and effort into it and that helps a lot Uh, they probably don't get enough credit for it during Mm. um, seasons and stuff wherever you are in the world like assistants put in a lot of time a lot of their own time into it so that's very helpful and kind of makes that process a lot easier. Definitely. And at the
1: moment, this being sort of the off-season for you, you're getting ready to go away you are to the Boomers' camp
0: over in Cairns in what, three weeks' time? Yeah. Um, Two weeks' time. Yeah, start of August. So it's Crazy. coming so around close. quickly. It's um, one of those things where you do have an off-season, but when you've got something like that, before the off-season even finishes, you've got to put a lot of time and effort in to be ready for that because yep. it's going to be a tough camp. So what's the
1: skill stuff that you're doing right now in terms of like the volume of sessions? Because you're training with like Trep Gleason at the moment. Yep. You're doing some other skills work with another coach down Coburn. There was a few sessions that you are getting down to.
0: Yep. So a lot of it's just trying to work on adding a few little pieces to your game, being able to go a little bit more off the dribble, um, create space on some of those shots. And then um, I think as we get closer to this camp, it's just – refining it a little bit, making sure that what I need to be great at for this camp and where I'm going to have an opportunity to um, be successful at the camp i'm working on those things to prepare me the best i can so i'm ready for the camp and to give it the best chance i can to make that team hey legends quick little break in the podcast with Nick just a reminder if you've got 20 seconds of your time
1: to do me a massive favor if you wouldn't mind subscribing following or liking the episodes of fat chat on any of the streaming platforms that you're listening to it on it really goes a long way into getting great guests on each and every week and continuing to bring you the pod takes you 20 seconds of your time it do be a massive favor and i'd really appreciate it. For this episode with Nick, we've also got a pretty sick giveaway. So I have got a signed jersey from Nick, a Perth Wildcats jersey to give away to a lucky listener of Fat Chat. And as you've been listening the last few weeks, you're going to need to know the code word to claim your prize. So the code word to win the signed jersey from Nick Kay, a Wildcats jersey signed by him, is magic. He plays for the Shimane magic. So we've got the code word as magic today. So make sure you remember that one. Subscribe, follow, like the episode. Episodes that you're enjoying a fat chat and let's get back to the episode. Here we go. Is there anybody throughout any of the teams again that you played for that you've kind of modeled yourself on how you're preparing for training, uh, putting in extra sessions, doing that extra skill work and sort of getting those little drills and making that a bit of a habit uh, as, as part of your routine that when you walk into the gym before practicing games, Was there anybody that you really modeled yourself off? I
0: don't know if modeled, my, uh, modeled what I do off, but I guess someone who I learned a lot off with of someone like Jesse Wagstaff. Yeah. Um, it didn't matter what day it was or how he was feeling. He was in there every day getting shots up, um, getting game shots, uh, what he needed. And he was always in the early doing the extra work and stuff. And I guess coming over to Perth, seeing that firsthand, kind of, if you've got a leader doing that, then there's no reason that you as an individual when you're younger can't do that as well. So he really kind of kicked my butt into gear when it came to that stuff and whether he knows it or not like that really helped me yeah great and then let's move from skills to like
1: the physical training side of things so what does it look like with playing in the in the uh, the b league with how much you train versus how much you play games because it's almost like an nba schedule that you play so many games in a season how do you actually fit in lifting weights and doing the conditioning and all that other side of stuff except for actually playing basketball yeah
0: it's tough i mean it's been a long time since I had to play back-to-back, so we play every Saturday, Sunday, and then it's basically... A huge it, schedule. It gets you those uh, second games, you're feeling on the legs a little. But, and it's um, hard to win the next night against the same...
1: If you is, had a win on the first one, fucking hard to get You're up get and about, the, you're feeling really good, and
0: meanwhile the other team's sleeping there or laying there Steve during it. the night. Yeah, just <laughs> thinking, how are we going to do um, do it differently? What are we going to do to get this win? And um, that mental factor and that's really tough, but... Um, I guess preparing right during the off-season, um, getting the body right as much as you can. And then during season, you once season starts, training sessions cut down a little bit in time and you've just got to focus on those individual things. So shots after training, what you're going to need for the games, making sure you're getting all that done. And then lifting, um, trying to get at least two or three sessions in a week. It's um, not really like a very big gym culture in Japan, no, that's the a, other thing. It's not. And they're very short sessions. so. I like to be in there for about an hour. It makes me feel good. I feel like I'm getting what I need. But you sometimes you just don't have that time. Um, you're really focusing more towards that half an hour for a lot of guys, just getting those the necessities in and trying to maintain the best you can during season. Definitely. Well, man, you've come back and we've been squatting, we've been bench pressing, we've been doing all the big
1: lifts. The squat depth, I don't know what you've been doing in uh, for the last 12 months with your squats. It's so deep right
0: now. Working on it. Trying man. to get it back. I mean, after... Last off season, really wanted to try and work on that and it's helping, feel good, feeling more athletic and stuff, but just need to be able to apply that to the games and stuff now and um, I'm sure I was never a big stretcher and obviously that's uh, increased the older I've got as well. Yeah,
1: definitely. And uh, what are you doing with the nutrition and diet side of your game? Are you following anything? It's obviously, again, really big cultural difference with the food that's actually just available to cook and even like the kitchen set up there, even though <laughs> you have it in a, in a, in a Japanese <laughs> As kitchen. As you saw, we've
0: got our small kitchens. They're not big on ovens over there or anything. So what we cook's a little bit different. And then um, obviously um, my wife's vegetarian, so that's also another factor that's very different. Um, being able to adjust to that uh, took a little bit of time. But um, – you don't have a specific nutritional plan. Obviously, you know what's good and what's not for you. Um, you eat a heap
1: of food though or you're not too out? I don't think you're too bad. Yeah, not in the, yeah, not in the mor-
0: mornings. I'm pretty pretty light. Normally, yeah. just like try to start the day with a little coffee, head into training, get through that and then I'll probably two or three meals for the rest of the day um, and then just try and eat healthy as much as you can on the roads, obviously, a little bit more and um, keep the fluids up as well. So. Yeah. What do you do for recovery? You mentioned you're doing a little bit more stretching. Yeah, a little bit more stretching. Yeah, any other
1: routines you do? Do you do ice baths? Do you do um, yeah, other stretching stuff? Do you do Pilates or anything like that? Or? Uh,
0: we haven't done too much of that. Obviously, core is something I've tried to work on a lot these last couple of years. So making sure whether it's just a little extra core session in every couple of days just to feel good. Um, stretching, the hydration, especially with the back-to-back games, making sure you get a good dose of... Um, water and stuff in before that next game, and then um, trying to eat well as well. Like obviously, with a quick turnaround, getting some food into you as quick as possible—it's been very beneficial. In the off season as well, you train Monday
1: to Friday. Like you go hard Monday Friday. You're do, you know double sessions. You're doing weights. You're training sometimes two skill sessions, then weights as well. But then you've got a pretty strict uh, rule that Saturday Sunday. That's next days off. You don't do anything.
0: Especially right now, I mean, I am trying to hit it pretty hard during the week, so weekends have been very relaxing and also just good for um, just getting away from it a little bit. So it forces you to do that those extra sessions during the week, make sure you're getting your conditioning, your weights, your shooting and all that, because you do earn those days off at the end of the week. So um, yeah, I've been pretty pretty strict with that, especially this off-season and it's been good, enjoying it and makes you uh, work that a little bit, little bit harder. And the physical training
1: is one thing, but then with sport, there's so much of the mental side of stuff that goes into it with preparation um, and just ma- making yourself feel refreshed and confident about, you know, your game and um, getting out there and doing what you do. So is there anything that you follow or practice yourself in terms of mentally recovering or mentally recharging when things maybe aren't quite going uh, the the way that you're needing them to go? Yeah. It's, Say if you get spanked, what do you yeah. do?
0: Well I mean any gamer. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, it kinda of goes hand in hand, right? I was gonna say obviously that support system you got with Emily, but that's, that's yeah, you got me there. Oh my goodness. I'll throw it in. <laughs> so you got me. Nah, um yeah, obviously that support system's a big thing. Uh especially younger when I was younger, um and I was more just myself away living in different places, you have a bad game and it's going to stick with you for that next week until your next opportunity. Um, now, I guess when you've had a bad game, you're able to go home and you're with family, you're able to put it put it behind you a little bit quicker and move on to the next thing, knowing that you've obviously got to bounce back this next opportunity you get. But um, just the ability to kind of move on a little bit quicker and um, not stay as i guess mad at yourself because i do I, I get mad at myself a lot out there i'm well, you, a you're bit crazily competitive uh like you're super humble about everything
1: when you talk about yourself but you're so competitive when it comes to anything so yeah,
0: definitely a bit of a perfectionist and when yeah. i'm shooting after training and stuff like i'm i'm getting mad at myself i want every shot to go in i expect every shot to go in and when it doesn't i'm i'm Oh, I'm mad I'm not happy with how I'm performing and I want it to be better and so how do you
1: actually pull that back to being able to just focusing on you on the court and just getting what you need
0: to get done I think the biggest thing is I'm I've accept, like I'm happy with getting mad at myself at that point in time trainings shooting after all that kind of thing I'm happy to be mad at myself at that point when it gets to the game because I've put the time and effort in. I I know that I've done the work that I can be ready and I can move on quicker in that regard because I have put that time and effort in. So I think that's the balance I've found. I haven't been able to kind of get away from that pressure I put on myself at training, but when I get to the game, it's moving on to that next play and that's probably where I've adjusted the most.
1: Definitely. Have you got like one example of like a game uh, throughout your career that maybe you have found yourself getting a little bit mad at yourself and then exactly what you did to get yourself out of that? Yeah. Um, I know you just touched on yeah. like, you know, that's what that's the process that you do. But is there one actual example of that that you found yourself in a bit of a hole?
0: I think there's been a few games where things aren't going well. One of the ones that jump out at me, um, I think we we're playing Melbourne in Melbourne and might have been one of the last games of the season. First half, I was trash and you go into that half time locker and you are just looking like, What am I doing here? Like I should Coach should just be sitting me on the bench, but you got that opportunity to come out and um, refresh in that second half like it's a new game and I think came out that third quarter and had around 15, 17 points or something and it was just that refresh where you could go back in, reset the mind, come out and kind of play it like a new game and that really allowed me to go out and play better in that second half. Definitely. And when you're prepping for a game or you got a training, whatever, You seem,
1: whenever I've seen, you've been first to get there. You seem to be the last to leave. You're doing your shots after. Is that something you've always done even throughout like your juniors? You've been motivated to do that yourself or is that something like you said that you maybe developed a little bit later and learning off guys like Jesse and that or? Uh,
0: Always kind of been a guy that liked to get the extra work and stuff in. Um, I guess um, it's the way it happens and stuff's changed a little bit now. Obviously, the younger in your career, you could probably do a little bit more time and I know at Illawarra and Townsville, Nordor and myself used to go in, get um, train in the morning, then go back in every night and get shots up. Um, little unable to do that as much now. So it's making sure you get that extra time after training, getting the shots up and stuff and making the most of the opportunity while you've got some rebounders and stuff there as well. So you're getting the most out of the time that you are there.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then what actually motivates you to keep coming back, keep getting better, rocking up to training, doing what you need to do, putting in all the extras? What
0: actually motivates you to do that? Um, What's the mindset behind it? Yeah, I guess. very. I guess I've always kind of been intrinsic with a lot of that stuff. So um, finding just those little edges here and there, and there's not much bigger um, motivation than when you got a World Cup coming up, you got an Olympics the year after, um, you got a championship at the end of every year, and when you got to also provide for your family and stuff as well that, you've got to go out there and you've got to perform well and um, I just try and set it like year by year goals and knowing that like with this World Cup so close and the camp coming up, I've got to do everything I possibly can to make that team so I've got an opportunity to go there and you just try and break it down into those little things and time you oh, I could do with sleeping this morning that's a motivation right there to get you up and get you going and um, that's all I need. Incredibly driven. It's fucking
1: crazy, but uh, uh, in terms of your actual game day prep, you're rocking up game day. Do you have any routines that you follow? I know that we've spoke about this before, where like you know you used to eat a Subway, yep. you used to do your little nap, you used to do this, you used to do that. What's the routine that you're following at the moment?
0: Routine now? We know I want what like from like for, from the start of the day to game to when literally the ball is being thrown up in the air. Yeah, we've obviously we've got a lot of different game game times throughout the season now. So I guess a home game normally starts around two o'clock so not a whole lot of time sleep in a little bit um get up have some brekkie like to watch a little bit of nba or something in the morning um kind of get you in that basketball mood and stuff um have a nice little lunch or um brunch in there and normally something pretty hearty something like a pasta or that kind of gets gets everything going and feeling good and then i love a nice little coffee just before i head off for the game as well so that's a little energy kick to get me going get to get to the game nice and early and just get prepped and ready to go so definitely routine's changed a lot um not as strict with what I need to do and what, um, it's I have funny, to do
1: It's funny because I, when I've been talking to people about this, it kind of seems to be the longer their career goes on, the less they don't care so much about the routine being spot on. Yep. So it was sort of like early on, there was lots of benefits to doing that. But then as you get a little bit,
0: you know, more experienced, if you sort of back a few of those things off, it actually, it doesn't impact you as it much as you Im- think it would like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought like oh if I if I don't get my nap in today there is no way I'm going to play well or if you do want you don't get it in one game and you don't have your best game that's the reason. Well, it's not actually the reason but um it's just what you think at the time. It's interesting, eh? It is. It's I guess that mental aspect of the game that is such a key factor and stuff, but and I guess the mental impacts the physical as well. So if you're not if you're a little bit tired and stuff out there then that can um, Backstreet performance as well But oh, I'm good I feel a lot better With not having to worry as much And um, I guess With Kid on the way and stuff That's going to change even more So I'm kind of glad It's gone away from exactly. being So routine based
1: Definitely There's going to be a whole different routine It's going to oh be It's God. going to be around uh, Baby K's nap time And feed yep. time And I'll just
0: be fined with everything else now. So exactly. It'll be right.
1: I know I've got a, long, a lot of young basketballers that are listening to this. Is there like one piece of advice that you were given at any point throughout your career and journey that you can pass on to them, whether it's something to help them increase their um, their, their skill set or uh, extra work or just things that you kind of wish you knew a little bit earlier?
0: Yeah. Um, I guess one of the big things for myself was going away from just – working on simple like catch and shoot and stuff, working on shots I was going to do in a game. Um, that was probably the big jump from when I went to was it Illawarra to Perth was I started working on those game shots a lot more and it helped the percentages go up a lot more. So um, that's something that if you've got the opportunity to work on, definitely work on making sure you're doing those game shots and it doesn't have to be two hours of work to get that. It's getting there, get the shots you need, and get out, and it can be a lot more effective in my time, which I wasn't when I was um, early in my professional career.
1: Yeah, definitely. So let's talk the next few months for you because you've got uh, some big stuff coming up. So some Big few months. You've got Baby K on the way.
0: Yep, not far away now.
1: Huge. And then you've also got – it's a it's, it was supposed to be scheduled on the exact same day as Baby was due that you're going to go away for the Boomers Camper over yep. in Cairns. Was it the same day or almost
0: it's the pretty same Pretty much. Day? I mean – Baby's due early August and camp starts the first. So wow. it's very touch and go right there. We're uh, still trying to figure it all out and that. But so what's
1: the plan for that? Do you have a plan? Is it that you're just going to see what happens for the next couple of weeks? Nah, well, or?
0: We've talked about doing an induction and stuff. Yeah. Um, obviously, whatever's best for Emily, that's yeah, the course. main thing and baby. Um, got another appointment coming up and I guess the doctor's the big call on it. She yeah. decides what's best for everyone and we'll we'll have to roll with that. So great. I mean, as I said, like your priorities Sorry, in life, family exactly. family's most important thing. So. And
1: also it's training camp, you're already in the team anyway. So I you we'll
0: make it work. The boom has been great with it all. And that's good. Um, as I said, just try and do all the work now. So then uh, if I do have, if I do miss a day or something or have to fly back, then um, I've positioned myself the best I can to still show what I can do when I'm there. But of course, just want to be there. Don't want to miss that birth. or absolutely, anything. And absolutely, absolutely. And we need that support system as well.
1: Definitely. And there's so many guys in the Boomers team right now that are just fighting for positions. It's huge. So, I mean, there's so many players that are in the NBA and playing in really high leagues all around the world. It's going to be very competitive going on over and doing this camp. So, how many guys are invited? How many guys are they bringing it down to for the finals? There's
0: one? 18 guys at camp. Yep. Uh, I mean... Right now, I'd say there's probably 12 of them in the NBA or something well, like Well, I've just that. got to so list
1: a couple. These are just the ones that I've just got. Yep. There's Patty Mills, Jock Landau, Dante Exum, Ingles, uh, Green, Cook, and matisse Like That's just stacked already. That's like That's just a couple and, of names. There's, yeah. there's double the amount of that. They're all killing it everywhere it else as well. That's
0: for sure. So the opportunity. there's not a whole lot of spots left, but it's just finding ways to impact the team and be beneficial when you're out there. Make it so a team like that needs need you in the team for whatever reason so
1: well all the like the, the gun players are there but they don't do some of the hard stuff that you do I mean you're chasing down the rebounds you're, uh, you're you don't necessarily need to have the ball in your hands the whole time you're happy to dish it out and just do all that hard hard dirty work too as well that's, well, that's what one.
0: I'll be trying to do yeah. trying, to, trying to get guys <laughs> like Patty in that open create space for a guy like you if I can set a good screen and get him open his ability to create for others like it's gonna be it's gonna be tough but like if you can help those guys then they, can, they make you look good. I've never been a great player one-on-one or a guy, if you go out and play one-on-one against some other guys, never been my game at all. But in but the team environment. In the team environment. If I can get someone else open, they do the work and then you can get rewarded with a layup or something, then it works for it works for team success as well. So how many weeks are you there? It's three weeks and then you've got games after that? So camp's only about 10 days. Then I think there's a couple games in camp. Then head off to Melbourne if you make that. Um, they're going to cut it back to... 12 or something 12 i think and then three games in melbourne i think a couple in tokyo and then world cup so it's so then what who are you playing in melbourne for those first few uh there's a four nations thing i'm actually not 100 sure i'm just just trying to focus day by day week by week the way the way uh, (laughs) way my brain works it's just those little little goals each week that and then once we get there focus on that
1: and where's the world cup hosted this year
0: I was in three different countries. Uh, Australia will be in Japan to start with, down in Okinawa. Um, And then you've got the Philippines and Indonesia as well.
1: Yeah, great. And then you're up to Japan for the first lot of games in that? Or was that before? Uh, I think
0: it's all in Okinawa from the first half of the tournament or something. Yeah,
1: great. And with some of the lead-up stuff as well, you've captained the Boomers team as well for some of the um, lead-up games. How was that?
0: That was unreal. That must have been amazing. That's something like... I never even dreamed about playing for Oz thought that was out of reach and then to not only do that but then be able to captain in these windows has been truly something special and to do it with a guy I went to um, school with in Mitch McCarron was also really special so um, it's been awesome it kind of changes the way you go to approach a lot of the games and um, it was just truly an honour like something I'll always be one of my most fondest memories will always be able to go out, say I've gone out there and captained the Boomers team and um, I'm happy, happy to give that back to the big dogs for a tournament like this and but it 's always something i 'll have next to my name now so nah, that 's pretty awesome
1: and then that team that you were part of with the Tokyo Olympics that won the first medal that Australia's ever won in basketball bronze medal was amazing what's the feeling like and what's like the motivation what's the drive like for the group so
0: far i know you haven't been to the camp yet but i'm sure it's just brewing and everybody's like on the same page chat and i mean i think it might have been one of the first messages i think patty sent through a little video of um highlight thing from when we were at the last one and goodness like i i don't even know what time it might have been like 6 a.m and i was about to get up for training and it comes through and next thing i'm I've jumped out of bed, got the shoes on, I'm out the door within five, ten minutes just because you just get that hyped about being involved in a group like that and it makes you go to a level that you didn't even know you could go to. So I can't wait to just get around the group and, I mean, all you want is Australia success, whatever, whether you're in it or not, as long as Australia does well and hopefully we can bring home that gold this time because that is the goal and um, as... The motto went last time, GVO, gold vibes only, and I'm sure that'll be right there again. Absolutely.
1: And then who's like second ranked team of those? So US is obviously ranked number one currently. Yep. Who's second?
0: Um, I think Spain's second right now. Yep. And then I'm not sure if us or France. I think there's a few teams that are yep, right around that area yep. and saying that though, like you got your Slovenias and all that who are there's a lot of teams it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle this year and it's gonna be fun to um, see how it all pans out. And there's just so many NBA guys in all the teams
1: now, all those top level teams. It's such a worldly
0: game now. Like yeah. it's not just Americans everywhere, it's people from every country and it, I'd be surprised if there's it'd be an NBA player in almost half the teams at least now. So
1: Definitely. Well man, I can't wait to watch it. It's gonna be so exciting I'm so excited for so you. Good. Such it's a gonna good be time. that good. And yeah. it's just good
0: for the Australian basketball together. like the way it grew after the Olympics and to think that we've got another opportunity here to grow the game even further, so yeah just to see it keep getting better and better
1: definitely so that's it for the basketball stuff i'm so excited to watch you uh you know do that for the next few months it's going to be awesome now one other little bit is that you're obviously about to be a dad uh, yep. daddy k uh and uh, if you're anything like your dad looks like in a few years time it's going to be amazing if anybody hasn't seen nick k's dad he's an absolute fox right he's a it daddy is. He's a daddy. I met him at your wedding and he got very awkward when I came up to him and I said, you're a very, very good looking man. But... Probably had not had enough red wines by that point. I mean... <laughs> I had. I had, so that's right. But anyway, uh, but uh, you're about to be a dad and I've been hearing that you've been going to like a class every week yep. with your lovely wife, Em, yep. and it's teaching you how to be a dad. Oh, it gives and you how all to,
0: the, the all basic the... info, yeah?
1: Yeah, that's right. So I asked M uh about it and she said that sometimes you're more interested in watching the state of origin rugby <laughs> on your phone during the class
0: like, you think they'd put it on at a different time like <laughs> clearly state of origin's on like don't start the class right <laughs> as the game's starting but
1: so i asked uh, she said can you just quiz him on a couple of things uh, to see if he knows the answers so i was did. like oh perfect so i was like send me through she'll send you through the brochures so she sent me through the brochures and i'll be honest i learned so much stuff there was so many so you much you might be getting prepared yourself mate definitely not but there was <laughs> so much hectic stuff that i learned in there uh you know about dis. i've never heard more about discharges in my life it was yeah, fucking yeah that's
0: full on class. the first time you go in there and the stuff you start talking about <laughs> i was a little oh my goodness what have i got myself into but saying that though you look around the class i remember walking in there i'm looking around and all these dads in there look like They've got their shit together. And I'm sitting there like, going, oh, oh no. You're watching not? the
1: State of Origin going what happened? <laughs> Go, hey. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully,
0: that was, the, I think, the third class, thankfully. So I got through the first couple. um But you're walking there and you look at all these dads, and then you're sitting there a little nervous, but some of the questions are stuck in, asked, asked and stuff. And you're like, you know what? I'm actually not doing too bad. The chest start, chest start pumping up. Yeah, so it does. I, I think I'm doing okay now. That's good. We'll, I'm a little nervous where this is going, so I guess we'll find out.
1: But the summary that I, when I was looking through the brochures and that, that pretty much the dad is fucking useless. He does much, nothing. Right? So he does it. That was the summary that I got. Yep. The dad does nothing. You pretty much have got one job and you need to be able to pass this, right? This test. So the one job that you've really got is you need to pack M's bag. Oh, no. To go it. to the hospital, all <laughs> right? This is it. This should be fucking easy, all right? This should be <laughs> there easy. There is no chance. I only need you to... Tell me three things that you're packing in your beautiful wife's M's pregnancy bag when you go to the hospital. Just give me three items that are necessities
0: for necessities. her. Necessities. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> the baby's I'll, on the way, Nick. The baby's quickly. on the way. Quick, Get the fucking thing. bag.
1: Put it in <laughs> well, first quickly.
0: Thing, obviously, you need the bag, but we're not going to tell that. Uh, I think there's maternity singlets.
1: Yep, that's good. Um, that's on the list. Um,
0: I mean, I feel like ice packs are a big one. And
1: then going very rogue. There's some much easier ones than this, but continue. Yeah, um,
0: pajamas, pajamas, slippers. Yeah. Yep, that's all um, good stuff. She needs a couple clothes and gowns. Not going without a gown. Yep, great. And would not survive. I thought we said three. Well, oh, yeah, you got, got lots. Right You're absolutely killing oh, it. But
1: like, there's some. I'll be honest. There's some really important ones that you've missed here. And you're gonna make sure that you're gonna get Well them.
0: obviously we need are we talking just for M or are we talking for yeah, just, the baby as well?
1: Oh no, for, for just for M. This just is just M. about M. Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness, now you got me a You need a toothbrush. All right? Oh, you okay, we need the toiletries. Right? I need toiletries back. And then the other one
1: that's so important that you would have forgotten, a fucking phone charger. Make sure you put the phone charger in there.
0: Yeah, well, I... You wouldn't have thought that. About- hey, no, yeah. you would
1: not have thought that. I forgot my phone charger going on holiday just then. I would have definitely forgotten it if I was running to the hospital packing a pregnancy bag. So make sure you have the phone yeah, charger.
0: I'm definitely going to pack these things in advance so then we don't have to worry about it. oh goodness I've been to yeah it's one of those things you kind of don't really think about too much are all these things well but, you're welcome you're yeah, welcome I appreciate you, it you've kind of saved me
1: no worries bro well that's, uh, that's, what, that's what we aim to do but. <laughs> I definitely
0: thought we could ask you were going to ask me all these questions about like APGAR scores or oh, right. like it was, changing was it was getting, it was and, getting pretty hectic oh, yeah
1: yeah when it started talking about why the baby's uh, poo's different colours I went okay these, are, these, are, not, these <laughs> are not the brochures for me yeah I'll stick to the other stuff but, well oh, mate yeah. uh, thank you so much for coming and doing the episode it's always so much fun when uh when we hang out and uh go train in the off season and like i said you really genuinely inspire me to work hard um and just you know just get the best out of myself with everything that you got going on and everything from your professional life to your personal life you're a genuine role model for me so i uh, thank you very much for being that um but uh, good luck with everything for the next few months good luck with baby k um and yeah we'll um we'll get you on again soon
0: that uh, sounds good mate I appreciate having us and uh yeah, we'll keep, keep in these weight rooms and yes, hopefully be nice and ready for this camp coming up. Clanging and banging. Yes, sir.
1: <laughs> Love it. And that's another episode of Fat Chat all wrapped up. Thank you so much, Nick, for coming down and doing that episode. Always good to catch up and hear all these great stories. So as always, remember to follow, subscribe, like the Fat Chat podcast on any of the streaming platforms you've been listening or streaming it on. Really goes a long way to building the pod. Uh, and uh, just remember, if you want to be in the draw to win the signed jersey by Nick K, Wildcat signed jersey, massive, massive prize. All you have to do is remember the code word that was in the episode somewhere right in the middle there. Make sure you go check that out and you'll gain an entry by tagging friends in the socials clips that I'm putting up on uh, Wednesday, either on TikTok or Instagram. So the more people you tag, the more entries that you get and we'll be drawing the winner live on a Fat Chat podcast. So make sure you know the code word, get tagging your mates and you can win an awesome prize. But thank you so much for everyone for tuning on in as always. Love your work and I'll see you next week.